Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 9. I am your host, Cartmore Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. It is time for the perfect murder. There has been a murder. <gasps> That's been a murder. <laughs> I have gathered you here all today because one of you is a murderer. <laughs> because one of you has been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a corpse lying on the table. <laughs> and we're not leaving this room until we find out who it was. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. hey, everyone. So, yeah, we're back. Just before we even get into anything else, I actually should clear up. This episode, episode nine, I said last week it was called a perfect murder. It's not. It's called a prefect murder. I just scanned it too quickly and I was like, oh, perfect murder. Oh, that makes sense. No, it's a prefect murder. It also makes sense. Yeah, which is a pun on a perfect murder. They got you, Hats. They got you. They got me good. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) And last week's episode was I Shrink, Therefore I Am. Bounty hunters, you know, capturing Moya, people being shrunk to tiny size, Scorpy working with the crew. Mm-hmm. Now, though, at the end of that episode, Pilot and Moya basically decided that, yeah, we have to go into tormented space. Dun, dun, dun. Because the peacekeepers are looking for them in the uh, in peacekeeper space and the uncharted territories, and the Scarens are also looking for them. Basically, everybody's after them, and the one place that nobody really goes because it's super dangerous is tormented space. So they don't, they have no real choice but to head in there. I mean, at this point, they've leveled up so far that they can go into a more dangerous territory. Yeah, <laughs> like this is not for starting level characters. No, this is uh, this is for advanced Farscape crews. We're, hit- we're hitting some end game content for new new raids, new dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, that's kind of the basic gist of where we are. And let's just get into this episode, because there is a previously on Farscape that mm-hmm. explains a bunch of that. And also, we have a few flashes of John and Aaron to remind you, you know, John is still using the uh, route to uh, take away the pain yeah. to forget about Aaron or to make him think more clearly, he says. But really, really, he doesn't need it. He just, it's just to take the edge off. He can stop anytime he wants. <laughs> And so we actually open on a shot of Aaron next to her prowler. Yes, with an evil child also there. Well, yeah, a small child. <laughs> Those are the evil <laughs> ones. Like, she, the kid is humming. The kid is humming a song that automatically makes the child evil. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's poking at the prowler and she's like, hey, no, stop that. And yeah, we're actually, she's landed on a planet. We're actually in a proper outside location. We're not on a set for mm-hmm. once. Which you can tell because it looks really... It actually, the production quality, because I think a lot of this was actually filmed outside, Yeah, looks pretty good this episode. Yeah. And there are like black uh, leafless trees around, mm-hmm. scrubland and dry ground. Fun fact, so this is actually... This is the Australian bush. Nice. Like this is where they're filming. And the location where they're filming, it had actually suffered uh, bushfire the oh. last summer. Which is why the trees were all blackened and had no leaves. And it gives it actually a really interesting and different look. Yeah, it's a really alien idea. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of it ended up working out for this episode. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she's, yeah, there's the child that is messing around with the prowler. And Aaron actually has like a brief flash of 
I was like, hey, don't touch that. Yeah. And then another brief flash where she hits the child. She doesn't actually do it. She just has, like, a vision, I guess? Yeah, kind of like a vision. She's, like, shaking it off and, like, what? We then also see that there are some townsfolk, some some people who are... They're basically, they're kicking Chiana out. Yeah, because... <laughs> To quote Dargo on a very uh, an episode maybe a season ago, every frailing planet. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, look, don't blame me just because you guys are stuck up." And so the the people who are throwing her out, they look human, Sebastian, um, but they've got like they've got kind of braided hair in like it's very much Princess Leia hair. But everybody has it, male and female. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite large, and some of it goes down the back of their head, and they're dressed fairly plainly but not like in rags they seem to be doing sort of okay mm-hmm. but with them there's like there's a priest yes an alien priest yes and he's like tiny he's like rigel sized yeah it's like riding on a little hover scooter as well and he's like little wizened arms he's not hynerian he looks basically like a really very small humanoid but with a big head i'd call him a gnome i guess so but he's also it, i think he's got like three fingers or something yeah weird it's, claws he's clearly alien and it's it's a jim henson puppet of course mm-hmm. and the face is <laughs> the face is it looks old the face has got like boils on it and so on so i was thinking when i was watching it and this will make sense to uh certainly people from the uk and ireland and anybody else who's seen father ted mm. and there is a uh, father jack in father ted if you know who that is he's the old priest who was con- constantly drunk and only said arse and feck <laughs> and yeah <laughs> all of that that's all he ever did <laughs> And he looks like him, looks like his head. That's what the alien looks like. And I was thinking that, and apparently from some behind-the-scenes stuff, that was actually the basis for the design of this alien. It does not surprise me. I'm like, all right, okay, that adds up. Also, he's a priest. He also has horns. They're not mirrored, so one goes down and the other curls upwards a little bit. So he's, like, leading them and saying, like, look, be happy that you're only being banished. Banishment is lenient for your indiscretions. And Dargo's like, Janna, please go. Just leave. Look, just go, okay? Moya's up there. She's paralyzed. And this is the only planet we can find that has food and drinks. And I need to keep us in the good graces of these people. <laughs> and then people are throwing things at her as she's leaving. And she turns like sees that there are the women throwing at stuff at her. And she says, like, oh, no wonder your men for- men were begging for it. And we're like, Dargo's just like, you are not helping. Get in the prowler. Leave. <sighs> yeah, so uh, there is... Uh, she talks to... I think there's there's one person in particular who says, like, you're friends with the planet's leader. Maybe you can appeal to him one-on-one. And it's like, no, the prefect has already rejected your petition. Well, have a safe journey. Goodbye. Yeah, it's like the guy that says that's this weird-looking guy with oh, yes, scars, right, yeah. and he has, like, frills around his face. Yeah, he's clearly alien. He's got, like, red and black gills on either side of his head. He's got bald on top, but there's, like, a... A bit of dark hair round the back of his head. Did you notice one minor detail that never gets brought up at all in the episode? He's the exact same marking on his head as the priest does. Oh, cool. I never actually noticed that. Yeah, okay. Though those two never get connected for some reason. It's probably like a religious marking of some kind. Actually, good point. Yeah. So yeah, we go back to the Prowler and also... (laughs) Like, this, Chiana really isn't helping her case here because there's also a woman who says, like, part of the reason that they're so angry with Chiana is that they're all outsiders. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, all the crew. And she's like, she's really upset an outsider had been with had been with my son. And Chiana's like, oh, is he the cute one? And it's like, oh my god, Chiana, please. <laughs> Can we just, Chiana, just, just leave? 
You cannot take her anywhere where you need diplomacy. Yeah, and Dargo is yelling at her about this. And so they head back to the Prowler. And Eren says, like, hey, just come here. Look, get in the Prowler. It's pre-programmed. It'll take you back up to Moya. It'll take you away. Once you get in there, just don't touch any of the controls. Okay, fine. I've only banished from his clan. It's like, look, we need this to go well. And so we then see Dargo talking with one of the clan leaders, mm-hmm. a man called Gashar. He's got, like, a- extra braids on his hair, from what I noticed, and <laughs> maybe dre- maybe dressed a little better so you can, you know, tell them apart. He's angry with them, and Dargo's like, look, I, I understand, I'm sorry, like, we're- we don't want to cause any trouble. But he says, look, more than you know is at stake here. Unity of the clans is new. Peace is new. And I know that the peace is too fragile to be endangered by some indelicate whore. He gets interrupted halfway through this sentence by the Prowler leaving. <laughs> Right, yes. And he, he very pointedly like looks up at it before he says that. Mm-hmm. And th- those are his exact words. Some indelicate whore, he says. Before we go any further with the plot, I just want to say we're, like, we're starting in media res, kind of. Mm-hmm. They're on a planet, there's this whole situation, and they've clearly been here for like a day or two, and we as the audience are dumped in just as things are going wrong. <laughs> I mean, by by the fact that they're kicking Gianna off, I'd say they've been here for, like, what, an hour? <laughs> Less than 24 hours, probably. probably. She could get banished within half an hour. I think she can pull that off. That's a new record. Uh, we then actually go to see what John is up to. John is with the prefect, the guy in charge of everything. We see that he's a very high up place. Yeah, in, like, a palace built into a mountain. Because we see the Prowler pass it on the way out. Yeah, and John's, like, standing in there and saying that he's talking to the prefect, reassuring him that, look, okay, Chiano is a problem, but Eren and Sokozu, they're they're perfect ladies at all times. They're fine. Don't worry about them. They're okay. They're like nuns. And so the prefect, he's he's got the Princess Leia hair, but it's white. It's silver hair. Mm -hmm. He's clearly older. He's a very tall man with a very, like, long face. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I might have seen him in Star Wars. He might have been in the Clone Wars or uh, Episode 3 with, like, he had, like, lines down his face and pointy teeth when Obi-Wan goes to see General Grievous. Anyway, I think that's the same guy. I have no idea. I, be- <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Actually, yeah, the prefect is played by Bruce Spence, who is a New Zealand-born actor. And, yeah, he was in Revenge of the Sith as an alien. And he is also uh, known for Mad Max Road Warrior. And he was also in Finding Nemo. So there you go. So John's reassuring him everything is fine. They're in, you know, a very nice room at the top of this tower. Then Aaron gets on the comms with him. Yeah, and it's like, so uh, I see that Elvis has left the building. <laughs> and she's like, what? What does that mean? I don't... It's like, oh, uh, Chiana's gone. Uh, okay. <laughs> Aaron, at this point, actually, the child she was with is leading her through the woods. Yeah, that's how you know she's evil. <laughs> yeah, going with strange children who are humming songs through a alien planet that always goes well yeah you always end up like impaled on spikes underneath a pit trap if you're lucky <laughs> so john says to aaron like the prefect has accepted our apology for china's conduct along with a generator that we gave them yeah backup generator oops it's like well you know we had to make apologies and so aaron then has a flash vision mm-hmm. of Gashar, the clan leader and you know shakes it off and then the uh, child leads her off further down and john says hey okay it's a good deal you know letting us stay here on the planet and aaron's like yeah the comms are frail talk to you later because the child has actually led her to market at this point and aaron is looking around and is clearly distracted and yeah switches off the comms and then the prefect says like she seems a bit moody <laughs> and i like john's retort it's like oh you should have seen her mother okay continuity problem this john 
never met her mother. Oh. <laughs> that was all telling, John. You are absolutely right. I never... Oh. <laughs> I mean, he might have heard stories, but not enough to make this comment. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he was filled in on what happened, but no, he never met her mother. <laughs> <laughs> you should have met her mother. I should have too, I guess. I probably should have as well, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's not like he had the other Crichton's memories downloaded into him. No, like, he, he genuinely didn't. You could argue during the game he picked up a thing or two. Uh, no. no, he no. didn't. No. Nope. No. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. And so when Aaron gets to the market, we cut back to her, and Dargo and Gashar are talking again. Dargo says, look, I can help you. But Gashar says, look, the less anyone sees of you and your friends, the better. Yeah, outside look suspicious and he's like look i appreciate the help but please stay away you've caused enough trouble already basically mm-hmm. and then erin has another vision of gashar except this time it's gashar being shot yeah she's also talking to john at this point who is descending the stairs and we also actually see him take a sniff of the uh of the root yeah because at some point she says i'm having a bad vibe a really bad bribe yeah he's like <laughs> No, no, it's a vibe, a bad vibe. I, I love that. And he says, oh, God, she's speaking English. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> but he says he's talked to Rigel. Moira's still out of commission. How are you doing? And she says that. And then John is trying to talk to her, but she keeps having these visions of Gashar being shot. So Erin isn't responding to John's messages. And he ca- he actually calls her Officer Sun at one point. Did you notice what accent he was using for that? He kind of went a bit... Pe- he- no, it was Pilot. No. Or was it Peacekeeper? It's uh, Scorpius, John. When Scorpius takes over, that's the voice that he was using. Oh, I suppose so, yeah. The only people who call her Officer Sun are Peacekeepers and Pilots. Yeah, it's like, Officer Sun? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I'll get back to you. And then when she hangs up, basically, she's checking her pulse pistol. She looks down and she realizes that involuntarily she put her hand on her pulse pistol. It's like, she takes it off again. It's like, what is happening here? And so she looks up at the child, and the child's eating something from the stall. There's another flash. Mm -hmm. She has another vision, and she sees not just Gashar being shot, but everyone in the market, like, the market just being lit up by pulse fire. Yeah, it's like people being shot left and right, Gashar being shot, and her just standing up and looking around we have close up on her face as she's seeing this vision happen and then we cut to titles which is like it's a longer period between the opening and titles than i think usual just a little bit yeah and now we do something interesting yeah so there's kind of a conceit to at least part of this episode in that uh, everything that we just said you know the the setup for the the situation we're in we we start looping at this yeah, point we start back at the beginning we, we get slightly different perspectives on it we get more info in each each of the scenes we've been through thus far there's like parts that were cut out during the opening that are now being like added or replacing other bits to give us a more full picture of what was happening leading up to this yeah we start with chiana talking to Gashar. And the other thing about Gashar is that he's going to be prefect soon. He's next in line to be in charge of the clans. She says to him, it's like, you know, I could come back then, but he says, no, that'd be suicide for you and your friends. And she's like, this place is run by tight asses, and then walked away. Yeah, and then we have the whole scene where Dargo starts scolding her about the fact that why do you have to be so difficult under these circumstances? And there's a bit of extra dialogue where he says, like, how can you be so selfish with Moya floating dormant in space? Mm-hmm. This is the first planet in 20 with any drinking water. That's why they need this so badly. Mm. They've been to 20 planets and they they had nothing. And this, this has water and maybe some food 
and they need to stock up. So yeah, you're really screwing this up, Chan. And so, you know, we have that scene. Dargo again goes to talk with Gashar. Except this time, we see the whole, con- well, most of the conversation because Gashar pulls a knife out, puts it up to Dargo's throat, and it's like, give me a reason not to kill you. And Dargo's like, the moment we have Moya recovers, we will be gone. You have my word. And Dargo's very calm in this situation. And Gashar's like, okay, one stab, my clan is avenged, the leaders are reassured, I'm made prefect, you know, it would solve everything. He's also like, well, you probably have a price on your head because only criminals ever come here. Maybe I can get some a bunch of money for my clan. Dargo's kind of understanding a bit because he mm-hmm. says like look i know we luxons we had to overcome our violent past it's clear you're trying to do that and gashar says he puts his knife down and says it's in my bones it's what i know and then he ha- has the same talk about how peace is new and so the pl- the prowler passes overhead with chiana in it yeah what he also says like it's not you i'm worried about and dargo immediately goes your son yeah so then we cut to we cut we actually we let's see what Sokozu has been up to. Sokozu is um I think as Shiana puts it a little later in this scene she's um tasting the local spices. So okay, we say it says like it's your son you're worried about and we cut to Sokozu who is what's the phrase they use recreating with Gashar's son. Yes. Whose name is Zerbat and we actually see that they're like they're in some reeds or like some some secluded like bushland bit mm-hmm. and actually Sikozu seems to not be wearing anything much at all like which is shot mostly from the neck up but it's clear that they are you know enjoying each other's company and we have a few close-ups of them basically making out it's and, very tender uh, yeah like actually it is and it doesn't seem like an exploitative thing of like hey here's Sikozu being sexy you know it's like these are two people who are yeah that's that's how i read this scene as well yeah and so all right it's not just Chiana who <laughs> seems to... My thought is actually like, oh, somebody's hanging, been hanging out with Chiana too much, but... Um... Hey, no, she's young, let her live a little, you know. That's exactly the other voice that piped up after I had that thought. Yeah, and so we see that, and then we cut back to Gashar and Dargo, and Gashar tells Dargo, like, well, when the wars were ongoing, I traded my herd to send Z- Zerbat off-planet where he'd be safe. He could learn other disciplines, you know. But, and Dargo finishes, like, they see him as an outsider now. And then he realizes, like, oh, oh, and then we bring Chiana. Oh, yeah, we're not helping. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, sorry. And speaking of Chiana, the the Prowler was, was, had, like, autopilot to take her back to Moya. I like that we see a slightly different scene from the last one, where where instead we see the ship zoom past the castle and go up. We see what happens afterwards, right? It comes back. It goes into the mists. Yeah, because Chiana overrode it and just went back to the planet. Yeah, she just gets out. My response is, really, Chiana? Really? Come on. You have to make this so hard on us. Why? (laughs) Why? And so she actually finds uh, Zerbat and Sokozu recreating, as it is written down here in the synopsis, and kind of, she's actually looking, like, from behind, like, a tree at them. So then we cut away to the market, kind of cut forward in time a bit i like this scene by the way yeah it's a good scene because last time we saw Aaron came in to the market and gashar and dargo were talking now we basically see the rest of this conversation yeah dargo tastes some of their food and i love that dargo like he gives it's like a here uh, we feed our young with it and dargo takes the taste and is like 
Gasha is like, no, no, it's it's fine, it's fine. The dark's like, no, it's really taste, <laughs> it's really taste. And they have a laugh over that. Yeah, it's like, no, it's no, I'll I'll finish it. It's like, no, it's it's okay. You don't have to pretend on my account. <laughs> and so as they're doing this, another clan leader approaches, another older guy, and he's got like a little clear circular uh, like gem in the center of his forehead all of them have a gem somewhere in their face somewhere yeah and so he comes over and he's holding some food but basically like it looks like kind of like a pumpkin sort of thing and so he gives it to uh gashar and it's like here this is the finest fruit of our uh, fields and he tastes it and it's like the food is tasty but he the other leader's like yes it's it's fit for a prefect a flavor you may never know yeah and then he walks off and gashar immediately I like how everybody's being very diplomatic about this. <laughs> and it was basically from that guy's kind of like a threat of like, you'll never be prefect. Yeah, and Dargo's like, wait, hang on. I thought your position was secured. Well, if he gets enough support, they can vo- vote me out. What happens to you then? <laughs> He's like, what, you get killed? He's like, yeah, that's what happens. I like that Gashia doesn't respond. He just looks at Dargo and Dargo's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, well, can you really that happen? It's like, well, there are 200 separate clans and the priests, uh, Parus is actually his name, the little floating guy. He uses that as a negotiation tactic. His arguments can be very compelling to get everybody to vote someone out. Yeah, and Dargo, Dargo is like, wait, one priest holds so much power? Yeah, he can be very compelling. Mm. And so then we see Aaron come in with the child. And then Gashar tells Dargo, my only risk is that my failure will signal that there's more to be gained from war than peace. We have to keep the peace. And then we see that Dargo says, let me help you. And the less anyone sees of you, the better. And so Dargo is like, okay, fine. And Dargo leaves. And he gets on the comms with John saying, like, we should leave. And John's like, what what if I don't want you, Captain? That is exactly the right kind of terrible Scottish accent that John does. Thank you. I I figured that I would be better better positioned for this. Better at doing a bad one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have no idea how this works. (laughs) So, yeah... uh, He's doing he's clearly doing Scotty from Star Trek, you know. Because Dargo is captain now, so he can he can say captain to it. Yeah. And Dargo says, like, look, Gishar respects me and it would be really helpful if I could show him that I have the crew under control. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good luck with that. So then we cut to back to uh Chiana watching Sokozu and uh Zerbat, Gishar's son. I love that Chiana goes like, Hey, psst, hey, Sokozu. <laughs> she's not even trying to be subtle about it. she's not like just trying to watch she's just she's going there to annoy Sokozu Sokozu's like go away but Chiana does make a good point because she says look they banished me for sleeping with a bunch of nobodies what do you think they're going to do to you if they find out that you've been sleeping with their prince yeah they'd probably be impaled impaled for shacking up with their prince and Sokozu's like first of all we are not shacking up we are you know don't tell anyone about this but there were open comms yeah, and Dargo is like, Ugh. and he comes along and grabs Chiana. It's like, why are you back here? I put you on the prowler myself. Like, come on, what are you doing? He gets actually quite angry. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. It's like, does anyone else know you're here? It's like, of course not. I'm, I'm sneaking around like I always am. Sneak back to the ship and get out, please. You're making this worse. He's not, he's not saying please. No, he's being angry, really pissed off. And Chiana's like, look, this, she's arguing with him and then but she does she leaves and then says oh god this captain thing has really gone to your head and i'm like no this he's doing exactly what he should be doing yeah you you are making things worse by sticking around he's being incredibly diplomatic trying to be like look just behave 
just work with us here. We'd like to eat. Yeah, we need water. We need food. We need stuff. So then, Chiana, after Chiana leaves, Dargo turns to Sokozu and says, "Like Crane wants you back on the transport pod now. The sooner we get all get off here, the sooner we'll all be able to come back and get what we need." Yeah, because he says that to the prince. Like the sooner we can we go, the sooner we'll be able to come back and you can do whatever you were doing. Yeah, and he says to Zerbat, it's like, but right now your father needs you. Sokozu do- does agree with Dargo on that one. But before they can go, we hear gunfire, and they sort of whip their head around, and Dargo runs off to see what it was. And so now we skip back in time a little bit, because now we go to John in the prefect's room. Yeah, and luckily, because we had this before the credits, this makes sense. Otherwise, we'd be like, wait, hang on, where, where, what, where, what, why, when are we now? He repeats, it's a good deal, Let, let's just stay on the planet. She says, comms are frailed. And so then John says to the prefect, like, well, I'll get out of your hair. I'll get going. You know, it's an interesting system you have here. Every half a cycle, the prefect changes. And it's like, well, but they say that uh, change is good. And the prefect actually says change is, change is frightening. You know, it takes a three-day festival to distract everyone from the fact that someone from another clan is assuming power. They're not used to it, you know. They're, or they're, they're, they're apprehensive whenever somebody else takes the job. I like how he says, yeah, we get apprehensive whenever uh, a leader of a different clan takes charge. I'm like, that only goes up for 190 eight of the clans there's two clans that are worried about that the one that's starting and the one that's leaving the others nothing really changes it's just some other dork from a different clan (laughs) but he says like after he was elect or after he was put in it took him months of haggling to get the slightest support from anybody but john says it's like it's better than the clubs and machetes approach yeah but the prefect counters with well at least that was something we knew and some people would quite like to go back to that and we know that from what gashar said like it's all this is all very new you know peace yeah and so we actually see again chiana walking through the woods talking to the priest and i think this is like because we've jumped back a bit now with john yeah this could be before she finds Sokozu, but also after. It works either way. I don't think it work necessarily works either way because don't they all run back to the market after they hear the gunshots? Not entire. Hmm. The impression I got is that it's it, it's before she finds Sokozu and okay. Zerbat. Yep. And so the priest is there. He says, like, oh, you returned seeking forgiveness. She actually starts flirting with him. <laughs> they say that um, priests give very religious experiences. <laughs> and he just says, what I give is great consequence. You know, he's he's not buying into it. No, it's like, <sighs> no. Then we see John again talking to Dargo over the comms. And Dargo says that he feels it's important the prefect can depend on him. And John's like, look, Moya may not be ready yet. Tormented space is beating the crap out of her. This isn't going well then we have the bit we cut into we now realize we actually joined this conversation halfway through in the previous loop Mm -hmm. because then dargo says gashar respects me and it would help if you could show that i have you under control and then john comes rigel and there's all these extra bits in here that we didn't see before yeah it's yeah it's an interesting storytelling device we'll get to this on at the end i'm not entirely sure what i think about this yeah we'll discuss that more once we um once we've got through the rest of the episode the problem is the the opening part of the episode because of all of this it's really dense and yeah talking about it takes a lot longer than it maybe should because mm. actually the course of events is fairly quick but it gets repeated so but john comes back up to 
Rigel, we hear Rigel. He's asking if Chiana's back. Rigel says, I didn't know she was coming. She's not here. So then John's going down the stairs. Mm -hmm. As he hangs up Rigel, there is the man that we saw at the very beginning that uh, with the frills in the head going up. And John just tries to, like, move around him. But the man blocks him and then just grabs him by the throat, turns to the left, and hangs him over the stairs. The stairs are, like, built in the side of a mountain. So... He's basically hanging John over a very, very deep fall. And uh, says, like, he's he's puzzled by the off-world. He's like, not sure about you. I have concerns. John's just holding onto his hands, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> but John says, your your boss seems to think I'm okay. Talking about the prefect. Yeah. And he's like, hmm. And so he turns John around, puts him back on the stairs, and lets him go. Be careful. These stairs are slippery. John's like tugging his collar. Noted. So then we have John coming Aaron again and, you know, talking about getting a really bad bribe. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. John says, you know, Daga may be right, cozying up to Gashar may be the only solution. Aaron says she'll get back to him, checks pulse pistol. And then we see John also hears the gunfire. Yeah. And he, like, whips his head around and says, whoa. And then starts running towards it. And Dargo's running through the forest. As we saw in earlier. And so now we cut to the market. And the market is being shot up. Everybody's being shot. We don't quite see who's firing at first. No. And then Dargo comes charging in. And he's like, no! Because Gashar gets shot. Yeah. And killed. And basically everybody in the market was killed. And Dargo comes in. And the shooter just whips around, shoots Dargo once... Then turns around and we see that it's Aaron. Yeah, it's Aaron. She lowers her pulse pistol and like looks shocked kind of at what's happened. And amidst the flames and the destruction, there is a child who Aaron was with before she's crawling over to one of the dead bodies. And so then John runs in, finds everybody's been shot. Then Sokozu and Zubat are there. Yeah, Sokozu goes to look after Dargo, who is lying on the floor, and and Zubat is heading for his father. <laughs> Zubat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, I had okay, to make that joke okay. at least once. Fair enough. Zubat. <laughs> so, okay, this is about halfway through the episode. Yeah. Actually, no, this is almost exactly halfway through the episode. I checked. Mm-hmm. And now, after this point, the episode unfolds like a normal, linear story yes like the first half of the episode we have the looping scenes you know expanding on bits that we missed and then once the shootout happens after that it's a it's a normal linear story i realized uh watching it the second time around like okay that's a very deliberate thing like the first half is all leading up to this shootout yeah and then once that happens we just go from there the shootout is like the focal point yes yeah 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 so now we there's actually like a ad break cut there we come back dargo is being nursed by sokozu i think he's he's okay that must be great having a character in your crew that you can just shoot at and is able to survive <laughs> it's like as a writer it must be great oh we can just have dargo get shot he survives that he'll be fine and so he's he's saying it's like no i know it was Aaron. i saw her with my own eyes and john's like no it couldn't have been her it could not have been her it's like no it was her i know what i saw and then the other clan leader comes in the guy we saw earlier giving gashar some fruit he comes in it's like what is this meaning of like knocks john down strikes john it's like take their weapons a bunch of his goons come in and start disarming them, keeping them at gunpoint. Importantly, Aaron isn't here. Nope. And he asks, like, where is the assassin? And Dargo says, like, I wouldn't tell you even if I did know. And the clan leader, he's like, well, you're all assassins. You are all guilty. You will all be killed or, you know, all be 
executed. And then the priest arrives and says, No, our law says the murderer can only be hunted down on the order of the clan's next leader, which in this case is Gishar's son, Zerbat. And so then the prefect turns up and he's like, What clan attacked? What happened here? It's like, No clan. The outsiders did. And she escaped and he says, Find her and kill her. And then the, the other clan leader says, like, if she acted on behalf of anyone, she will be tortured until she tells us. And then the priest says, like, the way the clans tortured the others. Chan is me like, hang on, others? Yeah, and like, wait, there are other assassins? What? Wait, are you trying to blame this all on us? Yeah, because it turns out there have been two assassinations very recently on clan leaders. And so, yeah, it seems like there is definitely something else going on here. There's there's a conspiracy. <laughs> and John says, look, okay, I'll go and get Aaron back. And Zerbat's like, the hell you will. <laughs> it's like, I will go. I have the right to avenge my father. See his killer brought to justice. And the priest says, yep, he does have that right. But John's like, okay, look, I'm the one who can find her. You know, I know her. You speak a lot for an outsider, the prefect says. But Zerbat does agree he's basically he says i will go i want to avenge my father but i will take you with me to john because you can lead me to her there is one thing he does in between which i really like because the other clan leader is like hmm, you're going to but you need your nanny for that as well and the kid just draws his knife steps up to the clan leaders like my father is dead and you just insulted his clan leader yeah don't mess with me, son. Don't mess with me, Gramps. Yeah, he's basically, you know, we we have it set up that they think he's soft because he's an outsider. So he's he's having to prove himself. Here. Yeah. So then we see that John and Zerbat are off searching, and Sokozu is with them. Sokozu is sticking very close to Zerbat, and so they're walking through the uh, the bush. <laughs> it is the Australian bush. It's you know <laughs> you you get to say that now. Yeah, that's what it is. We're just going through the bush, watching for crocodiles and other things. Oh, and... mate, we're going through the bush, eh? Never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, the, huh? The bad Scottish accent was on purpose. This was not. You assume I was trying. I was, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I know I know I can't actually hit that at all. So, yeah. well, what you got to watch out for is the drop bears, though. That's the real danger. Oh God, those are. I've seen spice drop bears, mate. I have seen. I have seen pictures of drop bear victims. It is not pretty. It's not pretty, mate. Bloody drop bears. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're they're wandering through there looking for Aaron, and Zerbat is like he's. He's very angry. He actually threatens to kill John. Yeah, and as he does that, Sokozu walks in. It's like, really? Are you going to do that? Are you going to kill the only person who can help us find Aaron? And he's like, oh, crap, you're right. Fine, yeah. fine, First fine. he's like, do you consider me weak? No, no, you... <sighs> no, just really stupid is <laughs> kind of the subtext. I mean, that is, that is what Sokozu would say, yes. So the, John actually suggests we should they should split up. He's like, what, so you can run away? And John says, look, okay, either at this, at this point you either trust me or you don't. Yeah, but I'm not going to let you walk away. I, <laughs> I'm surprised I Zerbat is like... Okay. I was a little surprised as well. I I could have seen him maybe um, asking Sokozu to keep an eye on him because she he probably trusts her more than John. Yeah, or let Sokozu go one direction and him keep an eye on yeah. John. I mean, I do kind of buy it as him as the inexperienced leader, you know, as just a, a kid. It is a bit like, well, okay, either you trust me or you don't. And he's like, well, fine, go off by yourself then. <laughs> After he just threatened to kill him. It's like, no, have some common... Fine. <laughs> It's a learning experience, Hats. It's a learning experience. Yeah. 
This is true. So, um, you say, you go up this way, I'll go down this way. As they walk off, John actually starts singing. He's like, you'll take the high road and I'll take the low road and I'll be in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) And as he sits down and takes his gloves off, because I'm like, John's not really going to make any hustle, is he? Oh, well. No, (laughs) because what happens is, like, he he takes out a bit more of the, the root, the drug, and looks at it, and he's just eyeing it, and then he hears Aaron say, she says, behind you, and he turns around and she's sat in a bush behind him. I love this, way, the way they do this, because they have John's face on the right, he's sitting there, in focus, the bat, everything behind him out of focus, and then she says behind him, and the focus shifts to John being blurry and Aaron sitting there behind him in the bushes. That's a focus pull. Ah. And uh, actually, a focus puller it can be like a dedicated job on like a film set. Like your job is to you know adjust the focus for the camera. That makes sense, especially if you do that a lot. So yeah, that was, that's that's a nice thing to do. And um, yeah, she's behind him, and she he clearly knew she was there. <laughs> That's why he says, you go off that way, I'll go this way. And, you know. So he doesn't actually take the route, importantly. He looks at it, and then just once Aaron says she's there, he puts it away. Mm-hmm. And so they sit next to each other. She says, did I kill Gashar? And John's like, yes. So why did you do it? And she says, I have no idea. And, and she explains that all she can remember thinking was, I can't stop myself. And then she shot him. And John says, what about the others you shot? No, 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 no. I only shot him. One clean shot. What others? Dargo, for one. John says and she's like no no I didn't I didn't shoot anyone else just Gashar one clean shot and John says okay how much chuck and oil did you use how much would did you use for one clean shot and she takes out her pistol and she removes the cartridge and I like that John immediately grabs the pistol at that point because he's like okay she has an unloaded gun I'm gonna take that from you she asks like Dargo Oh, he's fine. Because she looks and the cartridge is a lot emptier than it should be. Says, how many people did I kill? Seventeen. Because the priest uh, comes floating in at that point. And he says, people kill each other on this planet all the time. But finding a way to kill Gashar was finding a way to start a war. Aaron says, like, I have no reason to kill Gashar. The priest is like, I know that. I suspect you are being used, but I must find evidence. And you're the first assassin that actually survived, because... The other two were torn limb from limb within minutes. And he says, like, I need evidence. Aaron says, I don't remember anything. Then we must see to it that you do. I like this priest. Yeah, he seems he seems pretty good. So we have a commercial cut there and we come back and we see that Aaron is... They're standing on, like, a riverbank. And she's repeating, I aimed and I shot him. And the priest says, and? He says, that's all I see. That's all I remember. John's like, look, we're getting nowhere. Perhaps. Try again. She's like, that's that's the only thing I see. And I like that the priest now goes, okay, then listen. And she remembers the child being there. She's like, oh, is the child? And the priest says, the child is still alive. And you can see her clearly, like, give a sigh of relief. It's like, okay. And then she has that flash again we saw earlier of her hitting the child. She's like, I hit the child. Then she realizes, like, no, wait, no. I didn't hit the child. That wasn't real. I never really hit. It's like I didn't do it. Also, while she's she's kind of like spinning around while mm-hmm. she's trying to, you know, like pacing, basically trying to remember. And because she, she's wearing like a normal like tank top and, you know, leather trousers. I notice on her arms at this point, there are like marks. Yeah, I thought like, holy shit, has she gotten scar tissue from combat these all these years? Or something like that. But what we see then is that John actually is like, we're not getting anywhere, and then slaps a bug on his neck. Aaron recalls being stung by a bug 
near the prowler as well. He's like, wait, 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 what's weird? No, a bug bit me. And she repeats that a few times. And the priest says, that's impossible. There aren't any bugs on this planet. There are no insects on this planet. I was I was waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this is a big problem. Oh, uh, oh yes. When he said that, it's like no insects on this planet. It's like a, a pardon, because <laughs> you have no idea how important insects are to an ecosystem. Yeah. Holy frick! How do you pollinate? Let's start there. The biggest one. <laughs> it's also clear that this planet seems to be fairly barren and has not much. No, but they are so important in degrading so much waste back to smaller things, yeah. and like being food for other animals. I'll put it this way. What happens over this scene is that it becomes, it becomes very convenient that there are no bugs on this planet. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, i'm like you know what fine okay i'll allow it science fiction but do realize science fiction writers you are opening a whole can of worms if you state that yeah <laughs> it's possible that you know something else fills that role but having no insects seems like a bit of a a big gap in your ecosystem mm. so uh erin remembers all the shootings again and she's getting upset at this and then John has a flash. Yeah, of him shooting the priest. And then John stands up and is like, I've got to go. Pulls his pistol and he says, there's going to be another murder. And he aims it at the priest. Yeah, so John gives Aaron his gun. It's like, I'm the next assassin. I'm glad that John is already like putting two and two together. He's like, hang on, no insects being bit. She killed them. Oh, crap. So it seems like somehow the insects are what is causing the people to become assassins and try and kill uh, clan leaders. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we then see that John, Aaron, and the priest, they're standing around. There's there's some smoke. Yeah, they have like a really smoky fire that they've made. Yeah, to keep the bugs and flashes away. The priest is like, are you okay? Are you cleansed? No, we're fine. We're okay, I think. It's like, then you should have this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love this so much. It's so stupid. Because he says, here, have this. And then he launches it out of his little cart. It's like, boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just lands on the ground. It's like he's his little pop, little air pressure cannon in there. Just, and he can just, boom, boom, wee. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I love it. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. So he says, how did you get it? I said, I got it peacefully for the most part. Because they took the weapons off them. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, I think we're cleansed. You know, we can make our case and let's let's leave. Then Zerbat and Sokozu show up. And Zerbat has his gun out. It's like, nobody's going anywhere. Yeah, and jo- and I think it's either John or Aaron who is reaching for their pistol. And it's like, okay, no, do it. Do it. Let me gun you down right here. Should I gun you down like you did my father? He says to Aaron. Try it, punk. You feel lucky? You feel lucky? <laughs> Make my day. And then the priest says to Zerbat, it's like, no, Aaron is not responsible for your father's death. She shot him. John's like, no, she- okay, she got bit by an insect that let her be controlled. There aren't any insects on this planet. Well, then how do you explain this? And he points to a bug bite on his neck. And there's a bug bite on Aaron's arms, what we saw earlier. I don't know. Maybe you got that before you came here. Yeah, and (laughs) those could be anything. That's not really proof, John. He doesn't say that, but... No. And I I agree. They shouldn't have done that. This this is, like, enough for him to start doubting. And the priest is there, so that's a good good backup. Because Sukosu says, like, think about what your father would have wanted. Who did your father trust? And the priest says that uh, enemies of peace and those who want power must have brought the insects here. But Zerbat's like, no, it's not possible. But yes, like you said, who do you trust? And he says, Parus, the priest, who always trusted him. I also like, again, enemies of peace. 
<laughs> Again. Who are these guys? Who are these enemies of peace? Where do they come from? It's like, oh, we, we hate peace, therefore we will go to war against peace. Oh, that was easy. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> All they have to do is just argue amongst themselves. Like, yeah, peace is gone. Yeah, there we go. Easy peasy. So, no easy worry. Yeah, get out. <laughs> but so, Sikosi says, well, do you fa- trust your father's judgment? He says, yes, and yours as well. And the priest says, the insects are from off-world, so we should be looking for an off-worlder. Ah, well, what other off-worlder do we know? Cut two. Gianna's head being rammed into a table. Uh, we're actually back in the prefect's tower. He's manhandling Chiana. And he's also berating the other guy. Um, I can't... It's Ielet is his name, but it's the guy with the, the frills. Frill guy. I think it's actually frill guy that's holding Chiana down. Oh, right. He's, yeah. a, he's a prefect. He would not make his hands dirty on something like that. But the prefect is angry with uh, frill guy because he says, like, your insects failed. So, okay, he's in on it. Well, that that was quick. I, that wraps that up. I'm wondering if the priest knew that, because the priest in the previous conversation says it's somebody who wants more power. Mm. He may he may have suspected, yes. Mm. Um, but so uh, Frill Guy says, look, these off-worlders are difficult. The, the clansman's hatred is easy to exploit, but these outsiders, they have no reason to kill the others, so I have to use more of my bugs and more substance mm-hmm. to influence them. And you're not paying me enough. I want double. It's like, well, will this double also include getting rid of the outsiders? Like, yes, I will. And then then it says, well, good, then I will pay. Prepare your bugs. Also, in this scene, there is a convenient explanation of how the bugs work. Because he's explaining, like, why he needs more of the substance that is uh, in them that they put into people when they bite them. Because, basically, it's subliminal control, kind of. And he says, my own mental powers allow me to influence them. And and it's amplified by the uh, bugs injecting stuff into them. So he is controlling the people by way of the uh, insects yeah, because the bugs them. basically make them more susceptible to his psychic powers i guess it's a very convenient explanation so all right good well, that's it's, good it's fine it works because he's like well this is why i need more time and you need to pay me more because i need to use more of this substance to make them more susceptible mm-hmm. and so now he's going to go create the bugs yeah how does he do that hats okay so he stands uh with his arms stretched out and sort of eyes rolling back in his head a bit and we cut to a close-up of his frills and the little tiny bugs start crawling and flying out of them. They just come out the side of his head. He's a living hive. <gasps> He's the thousand bees in an overcoat. Oh god, he is. Oh no. This is the most terrifying villain of the world. <laughs> not the bees. Oh, the not the bees. bees. And so, yeah, they, they start flying out of his head. And Chiana, actually, with her head on the side, on the table, having been knocked down. She actually she uses her vision to slow down and and get a good look at how they're made. I was like, hang on, Chiana, you 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 can see these bugs leaving, right? Do you really need bullet time for this? Yeah, you, she didn't really need to do it, and it was a bit like wasn't necessary. No, I yeah. think she had all the info she needed at this point, but eh, whatever. But so she does that, and then she's blinded again. And after that, then Frill Guy like looks at her, just smacks her once, and just leaves. As she said in the last episode, I hate not knowing what's coming. Yeah, not knowing how long it's going to last. What's going to come at you when you can't see. And so we cut back to John and Aaron, and they're walking through the woods. And there are more bugs after them now, and they're yeah. trying to fend them off and slapping them down. And like, okay, no, we can do this. We can do this. 
And so Zerbat and Sokozu go to... Uh, they've gone to free Dargo. Because Zerbat basically goes to a guard and's like, I am the leader of my clan. Kill me or help me. <laughs> well, I can't kill you because that would inside a fine. All right, in you come. And also, Chiana gets on the comms with John. It's like, help! I'm in. I'm in the palace. I'm blind. There's there's more bugs coming for you. And, and the hive, it's it's in the frill guy. It's in his head. And so uh, John and Aaron are like running up. We see them running up the stairs that we saw earlier, carved into the mountain. And then then we cut back to Chiana. It's like, can you guys hear me? Hello. And we cut back to the stairs. And they've both got the pistols drawn, pointing at each other. They're such a loving couple. <laughs> well, because they're having flashes of each shooting each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're being influenced to try and, you know, take each other out. And they also have flashes of them lying together on what looks like a rug or something as they're dying. Yeah. But they, they, they're they basically, they're trying to fight through it. John's like, he's just looking at Aaron's like, fight it. And she's like, I am fighting it. What did you see? What did you see? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, okay, let's keep going. They lower their pistols. They're able to fight it off for now, and so they head up to the top to find Chiana. And so they get in there. Aaron helps Chiana up, and Chiana's like, "I've been blind too long. It's it's not going away this time." It's uh. I also like that Chiana because they ask, "Have you seen Have you seen Frail Guy?" She's like, "No, I haven't seen him for a while. I haven't seen anything for a while." She's trying to make a joke about it. Yeah, she is. But she's also very clearly scared that her vision won't come back. And so more bugs come and start, you know, biting John and Aaron. Oh, and also, actually, this was a pre... The reason... We skipped over this. I'm, I'm sorry about this. But uh, the reason it, that Chiana was being, like, held there is that the bugs don't affect her. She's immune for some reason. Uh, just they don't work on Nibari. I guess Kozu and Dargo are as well. Possibly. Or it's just... Uh, it doesn't have enough bugs for everybody. Yeah, I don't that's know. Fair. Not enough to go around. But they're biting John and Aaron, but they're not biting Chiana. Mm-hmm. And then Frill Guy comes in and takes a shot at John. Yeah, starts shooting. And John just starts running, jumps over the cover that Chiana and Aaron are hiding behind. It's kind of like a plinth or like a yeah. table. And just runs behind a pillar. Thing is, Frill Guy keeps advancing, shooting at John. And so Aaron is able to flank him, shoot him. John shoots him as well from behind the pillar. And he falls down onto the table. Well, when John like dives for cover, he does like a perfect like arc, like of uh, like yeah. a tactical roll. And we see we see the whole shot, and it's like, oh, that's really good. It's a good it's stuntman. Like, good stuntman. Was that a stuntman? Are you sure? It looked like Brent Browder to me. I mean, I'd be impressed if it was him, but let's have a look. I'm gonna have a look. Yeah, no, it's him. What? <laughs> yeah, it's him. I don't believe you. I'm grabbing my DVD. Actually, if you pause at like 35.53, you should see that it's Ben Browder. 35.53. Oh, yeah, it really is him. See, I told you. <laughs> it's not that dangerous of a stunt. He's just he's just doing a, a simple dive forwards. You know, he's not going through a plate glass window or, you know, jumping down off a building. You know what it is? It's because I can't actually do that. <laughs> I cannot perform a forward roll. You heard that here first people i cannot do that i'll try not to hold it against you it's (laughs) don't start shooting at me with pulse weapons i guess that that should help anyway it was a very nice roll anyway so yeah they they shoot a frill guy but he as he's lying there he's not actually dead more bugs are coming out one of them goes into his mouth yeah it's kind of gross and john basically moves up to him and starts slapping bugs away and puts his pistol to the man's face and Aaron's like, come on, go on, shoot him. And John says, no, you shoot him. And she says, I can't. 
and neither can he. He can't pull the trigger. They start pointing their guns at each other again. And then there's a, Aaron says, well then, we have a problem. And Jen's like, what are you doing? Yeah, she can't see any of this. And uh, they have more flashes of, you know, shooting each other. But then they do, they, then they do shoot. Yeah, they miss, just right past their heads. And Jen's like, what? what? And so they're, you know, they're straining and... Aaron's like, I'm not sure I have the strength to miss next time. And John responds, I think I'm a very lousy shot. <laughs> I love that even now John is punning. And he, he's sort of grimacing. He says, you know, I really thought the coin toss ended badly. Referencing back to the end of season three. Mm-hmm. And Aaron says, yeah, it did. And then they're about to shoot each other again. But then, ba-ba, Dargo, Sikosu, and Zerbat burst in. And Chiana also just jumps and grabs Aaron. Which I'm like, yes, please do that, Chiana. <laughs> Because you can hear where she is. You should, this shouldn't be that hard. And Dargo jumps on top of John, mm-hmm. knocking him down. And they start pulling their pistols away from each other. And they're trying to fight the bugs. John says to Dargo, like, you gotta knock me out, man, knock me out. And he just punches him. <laughs> John's like, hit me harder, you sissy. Also, Dargo, you have a tongue that knocks I, people that's, out. That's what I was thinking as well. What the hell? Why do you punch him? Why do you go straight to punching him in the face? Like, I get that your first reaction is punch, but your second should be, oh, right, I have a tongue. This is how you give people a concussion, Dargo. Idiot, you have the perfect solution to this. You've done this so many times. Oh, all right. And so as he's doing that, uh, Frill guy wakes up and he's he gets his gun. Yeah. And Zubat also mentions that they're getting stronger because apparently as Frill guy gets back up, I, I'm assuming his mental control is getting stronger again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the priest comes in from behind and just like <laughs> basically electrocutes him or no. shoots him. Oh, no. No, oh, wait, no. what does he do? What does he do? This whole time there's been like a saw-shaped figure at the front of his his uh, oh, chair yes, right, and it right, folds yeah, forward yeah, yeah. starts spinning and he just shoves a, a circular saw in the back of frill guy's head and we only see it from the front so we only right. see frill guy's reaction but he has like green blood coming out of his mouth and it's like Hell. and then he just keels over dead i love that so much it's like, it's like <laughs> what why do you have... I, I guess this is the answer to that, but... Um... <laughs> Look, the tormented space is a dangerous place, okay? You've <laughs> you got to protect yourself. You've got to bring a freaking chainsaw. <laughs> yep, have you never heard the saying, you know, don't bring a chainsaw to a bee fight? <laughs> or is it don't bring bees to a chainsaw fight? It's I think, one of I think it's the last one. I think it's the second one. <laughs> All we need to do is make a chainsaw made out of bees... And we'll oh be unstoppable. <laughs> I was going to say, nobody could stop us. <laughs> and so after all of this... Hang on. Does that mean if we ref that up, would it start making a buzzing sound or a buzzing like, sound? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same sound it already makes. No, but... The, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but you put... Instead of putting, like, diesel or petrol, whatever you put in it, you put honey in it to make it go... <laughs> it's like, instead of the, the tooths on the chain, there's, like... There's, uh, tiny, there's bees. Yeah, there's bees. <laughs> I, lo- I love how we have this whole bee-powered chainsaw while it was actually a circular saw in the scene. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> Look, it's not perfect system. No, it definitely isn't. <laughs> so anyway, after all of this, the prefect comes in. And is like, I heard about a bee chainsaw. No, uh, he says that... <laughs> Did you notice, by the way? 
Yeah. That while Aaron and John, as they were done and everybody got up and started aiming at the prefect, that Aaron and John were holding hands. Yay. They reached Yay. for each other and hold hands. He's so cute. He's so cute. Also, yeah, the pre- but the prefect comes in and says, oh, thank you for executing this threat to peace. And Shanna's like, Bullcriff. Well, something like that. She's like, he's in on it. He's, he's set it up. He, he was paying this guy. I heard you. And the prefect wisely says, well, who are they going to believe, me or a banished Trelk? And Zerbat realizes, like, crap, no, you order my father's death. If they find out, there'll be war. So if if he exposes the prefect, then you risk the peace. Yeah, because he, he realizes that if he would shoot the prefect, there would definitely be war. And the priest says to him, like, remember what your father would have wanted. And still, Zerbat grabs the B guy's weapon points it at the prefect and says, "Like, if the clans were f- would find out what you did, they would take it out on your entire clan. If I shoot you here, there'd be war. But if I take you back, stand trial by our laws, I will do everything in my power to not have them rip you to shreds." He's taking the 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 smart approach, trying to maintain the peace. Because he basically says, "Look, dude, you lost, and you have the option how this ends." Because I'm not going to shoot you. Yeah, and interesting, when he first says, like, he realizes this problem, the the, per, the prefect says, welcome home, boy. Yeah. But, so, okay, he has that uh, speech, and saying, you know, I, I want you to stand trial, I will take you back and take you back and you will stand trial. But we're, so we're up high, we're up, there's a big window at the back mm-hmm. of this room, and... The prefect has now opened this window. Yeah. And he says, like, I will not be judged by you or your pitiful counsel. And he just walks back and just jumps from the top of the tower. He says something else as well, because he says, Is that your father I hear crying for help? And then he, he laughing, he walks backwards off the tower. And the point is, what he wanted, what I think he wanted, was for Zerbat to shoot him. Yeah, In a yeah, moment yeah. of rage, that's what you're hoping for. The clans would have their proof that he had killed him, but now he has nothing. Like, there's a corpse down there. You know, it doesn't really say anything. He might have jumped himself. Might be an accident. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely wasn't shot. They they can probably figure out there wasn't any struggle. Well, if they have good enough forensics to tell from a thin smear on the ground, because we are very high up here. That is fair. But to be fair, the priest also has Zerbat's back on this, so... Together with the fact that there was no weapon, no weapon fired on him and stuff like that. It- People seem to trust, they trust the priest, you know, yeah. they'll trust his word. But yeah, so the, the prefect was just like, no, you know what? I'm not standing trial. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. And I'm gonna try and go you into shooting me before I do that. He wants to break up the peace, basically. He wants. Yeah, because he said it's something they know. Yeah, he wants to go back to it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I like this detail. He's a much older guy than everybody else from their tribe. Maybe aside from the priest. Yeah, and... Gassan said like this piece is very new and so he clearly will remember the old ways and wants to go back to them mm-hmm. and this is this whole thing has been to try and do that and so yeah after he's fallen out of the castle Dargo turns to Zerbat and says you've made your father proud today I like that it's Dargo who says that yeah Dargo's had father-son experience and he also had the most contact with his yes. father at this point he clearly respected Gassan as well mm. he, he understood what he was trying to do yeah so then we cut to Sokozu and Zerbat, actually. They're standing uh, in just uh, actually where the Prowler is, near the mm-hmm. Prowler. And they're watching the castle, which is up on a mountainside. 
it's burning. He's burned. He's burning the castle down. Yeah, because he says a leader should be among its people. And I'm like, yes, I like the sentiment, but I think it's a waste of the building and the historical value of it. I suppose so. like you could have turned it into a freaking museum or just being like, no, that's where the pr- that's where we do the religious stuff. I'm not going to live there. But we use it for something else. <laughs> it's it's symbolic, right? You I, know, he's look, he's but, I'm sorry. I'm a practical person. He also says a leader should live amongst his people, not above them. And, you know, the castle was very high up and, mm-hmm. you know, going to live amongst them. Yeah, but it's I know it's a waste. It's <laughs> Fair enough, okay. You burned down the perfectly good building. <laughs> Maybe they took all the stuff out of it first. I Maybe hope so. <laughs> At least. And so Sikosi says, you know, that was a very bold choice. And he explains and he says, well, you're sounding like your father. And he asks, he's like, I want you to stay. She asks as an advisor. And he says, possibly more. And she she smiles at that and she says, I would love nothing more than to be off that Leviathan and away from those people. And he says, oh, I'm starting to care about you. I'm only going to be a prefect for half a cycle. After that, we could leave as we planned. And she counters with, as you planned. And, you know, I like that you're starting to care for me, but, but you're right. A leader belongs with his people. And she walks off. Yeah. Aww. I mean, I, I'd be like, Sikosu, it's always an option to ask him, like, can we swing by here half a cycle from now? They could come back, yeah. I mean, she's she's not shut. She's not shot that down. No, she's, it's possible she'll come back in half a cycle. Just <laughs> be like, no, no, no. You need to be here right now. But I'll be back if I'm not dead yet. At that point, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so she leaves, and then we cut to we're back in the market with Chiana and the priest. She's just about regained her sight now, and she's saying like, "Look, th- this is uh, the longest that blindness has ever lasted." And I like the priest saying, like, well, then stop using it. <laughs> I, th- I do like her counter to that. Well, you'd miss me in the next coup that happens. <laughs> what? No, you didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you, like, it's very clear that he's the hive. He said it himself. Mm. Heck, you at least, it doesn't even matter where the bugs come from. You know that he was the person that was causing the mental stuff. So if he's dead, yeah, problems should be solved. <sighs> You didn't do a whole lot. No. And the priest is like, well, I should have, I should have let the bugs eat your hide. <laughs> He's like, oh, wow. I'll take that as a blessing. I'll take it as a blessing. And she scratches him under his chin, which is clearly pleasant for him. He's like, oh. <laughs> then Sikosa comes into the scene and says, we're all leaving. Uh, we want you to, you know, back on the transport pod. <laughs> and I like Janice like, but there's so many guys still out here and looking off. And, Jan- <laughs> and Sikosa just looks at her and it's like, it goes it goes on her knees to be eye level. It's like, no. And Chiana's just like and I like this from Chiana actually. She's like, I was just I was just kidding, okay? I was she was just kidding. She wasn't being serious and she's actually being quite like nice to Sakozu. Yeah, because they have this moment where they're very close together and they nudge each other's head a little bit. Yeah. It's like they're like, Okay, fine, let's let's not fight about this. And also Sakozu said Moira and Pilot are waiting, they've been revived, they're mm-hmm. okay now. They got what they needed. Yeah. And so the final scene of the episode is Aaron and John, and they're standing in the scrubland. There are graves of all the all the dead from the shootout earlier. Yeah, because John is looking on to Aaron, who is sitting on her, basically hunched over near one of the graves that the child is crying at, or it looks like, or or digging into. It's one or the other. It's yeah, it's unclear. The child is fiddling with one end of the grave, you know, mm-hmm. putting some rocks there or doing something. Yeah. And John just walked up to Aaron, and he she's she's kneeling down, and he just he just strokes her head. Yeah, she leans her head into his leg, 
And that's the final shot of the episode. That's where we end. I, I like that Aaron is there because she doesn't have, she didn't have to do that. But that's exactly the reason that she must do it. Yeah, she was used, you know, to kill these people. And she obviously feels responsible some to some extent, even though under mind control. Yeah, even though she knows she's not responsible, she needs to pay her respects because of that. If that makes sense. Okay, that was a prefect murder. What do we what do we make of this episode? I mean, I the plot in and of itself, I like it. It's a perfectly reasonable. It's fine, yeah. Standalone episode, which, like, the, and we have a few interesting character moments, which is fun. Yeah. Like Aaron and John seem to be getting close to each other again. Sikozu has her first little summer romance. <laughs> Dargo is acting like a captain. Yeah, like, he yep, was doing good. a very good job being diplomatic, being mm. harsh against his crew when he needed to be. Discipline when appropriate. Taking responsibility, but at some point being like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you even if I knew." Yeah, pr- pr- you know, protecting his crew mm-hmm. still. Yeah, so all that's very good. But the 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 big thing is though the first half of the episode mm-hmm. with the repeating scenes, looping the scenes, and getting a bit more information every time. It's an interesting choice, but it, it creates this odd feeling leading up to the shootout. It's a little bit like dreamlike almost, mm. partly because we're dropped into this with no real setup. It's like, boom, we're in the middle of this place. They've been here for a while. There's this whole you know situation going on. Yeah, that makes sense. And there are these scenes that are happening that then we see more of later on. And we find out, oh, no, actually, this was what was being said. There's more context. You know where where I think this method would have worked really well? If this were an actual murder mystery. Then going back and getting, like, going through it the first time and missing important clues to figure out who the suspect is. And then when you go through the second time, you start picking up on maybe even stuff you didn't notice before and other stuff that is now added to it. Because that allows you, as the viewer, to figure out the mystery along with the group. Yeah, I can, I can understand that, yeah. I want to give him props for trying. Yeah, I, I was definitely... I don't think it detracted too much. No. I was So the first time it happened, which is when we come back from titles, mm-hmm. and we see, you know, some, some same scenes again, I was like, wait, what's happening here? Yeah, it took me a moment as well. Yeah, it took, took a second to realize that it wasn't like a production mistake or something. You know, it's like, okay, this is deliberate because we see a bit of extra stuff after that once you get that conceit it's like okay i see i I like that it led to the shootout being the focal point of the episode Mm -hmm. i like that it led to that and that's when it stopped and it became just linear afterwards yeah agree it was an interesting choice it didn't make it bad but it did make it i think it means that you as the viewer or the audience has a lot of work to do Mm. in the first half you you have to do a lot of processing. Not that that's necessarily always a bad thing, but it not necessarily as engaged because you are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> yep. You know what episode this reminded me of? The Ugly Truth. Remember that one? Where Talon... Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Crichton, Aaron, Dargo, Xana, Stark are captured and interrogated, where we see the same event through different people's eyes. What's different about that is that it's explicitly like a narrative device from the character's point of view, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. it's it's a character telling a story. This is out of universe. This is just what this episode is doing. This isn't anybody retelling the story to Pilot and, you know, oh, I forgot about this bit. A good point. That's, that's again, a different episode. We had that yeah. as well. That was good, actually. The loop on that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was Scratch and Sniff in season three. Like I said, like that, those, both of those, they're explicitly, that's 
John telling Pilot a story, mm-hmm. and the other one is five people telling the same event, and it's shifting depending on who's telling it. Which yeah. is great. This is a different style. This is not presented as somebody telling a story. Mm-hmm. This is just presented to us with a, as the audience with these different loops. So I feel like that's partly why I don't think it worked quite as well. No. It, it, it's worked better in the past when they've had like a, an explicit reason for it. Yeah. If I, like I said, it produces kind of like a dreamlike feeling. I, I think that's deliberate because mm. of how Aaron is being influenced by the bees, having all these flashes and thinking, you know, what's, what's going on, what's real. And it's like a big build up to some clarity and all suddenly, oh no, this is what's been happening. Mm. That, that's an interesting take on it. What I could also see, and this is me being a little bit more cynical, <laughs> is that they shot too little footage and found out <laughs> well, during editing. And actually, if that's the case, then I think they did a fantastic job finding a good way of reusing material. You know, I would believe that. I don't have any background info to know no, if that's true or me not. Me neither. It's possible. But I think that's part of the thing, saying not having shot enough footage. Part of the problem, one of the things I didn't like about the episode was because there was so... Again, this comes up... We've I know I've talked about this before, but when you get dropped into these places in media mm-hmm. res, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. But it does mean that suddenly you have this whole group of people who you've never seen before mm-hmm. and you've never been to this planet before and we and we as the audience are expected to become invested and care about them. I'm actually I would say that's covered very well in this case because we're not we're not asked to identify with these people by themselves. We're asked to identify with the people that care about them. Dargo very clearly has that connection with Gashan. Like we care about Dargo and them relating their violent past means that we also slowly care about Gashan. The same with uh, Surabat through Sikozu. Yeah, I don't. I, not to say it does a bad job of it, but I think because we're looping and because of how much setup they have to do in the first bit, it kind of left me wanting maybe a bit more. Like, yeah, I could see that. You know, if this had been like say a two-part episode, you know, you wouldn't have this problem. It would probably be stretching it a bit far mm. for this for this plot. But it felt like they didn't quite do enough setup for my, for my for my liking. I I actually didn't mind. I I was okay with them just dropping us in. It's like get to the interesting part. Yes, we mm. are at the interesting part. Jan is getting kicked off. <laughs> what I do feel a little bit, and that's it's probably wrong to think this, but it feels like a little bit cheated on material. Yeah, like this is this is another thing of the week. Not not so much in that way, but oh, I see. Because we repeat a part twice. It's like. I kind of feel like I already saw that. Like, it's interesting to do this, and that's why I want to give him a pass on it, because it's like, you try something. Did it work? I don't think it did, but I I admire them for trying something cool. Yeah, that, I think that's kind of what I was getting at with, like, they didn't do enough, you know, setup work for my like Because we repeat the same stuff again. Mm-hmm. We could have developed things more if we hadn't done that quite yeah. as much. But structurally, I like that the... The shootout is at the middle of the episode and is the focal yeah. point. That that actually works quite that well. That was so, well done. You know, it's it, we've got six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's like, this, this it does this well, but it means there's this problems. But you notice who wasn't in this episode at all? Uh, Scorpius. Yeah. <laughs> for one. we <laughs> never And we never actually saw Rigel. No, we hear, only heard Rigel one conversation. And Naranti wasn't even there. Pilot, either. Well, yeah. Pilot was explicitly incapacitated. Yeah, that's Moya. right. But yeah, no Naranti, no no Scorpius. 
<laughs> oh well, that's fine. It helps with not having a bloated cast for this episode. Yeah, because we are introduced to so many more people Ooh, from this yes. planet, right? You know, and this involves a diversion from like you know scarens and wormholes yeah. and such. Which is fine. Yeah, for diversion, it was actually a lot of fun. So let's put a rating on this episode. I was like, this is an odd one to rate because of the first, you know, half with the looping uh, scenes. What do you think? Um, I'm not. I'm not going to rate it. Like, I'm not going to go below a three. I think. No, 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 no. Definitely not. It's either a three or a four for me. It's not a bad episode. No, def. It's structurally, I like a lot of things that it does, but I literally can't make a decision on three so, or four. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I feel like I want to go with three, just acknowledging that it's a good standalone episode. Yeah. I think we had small hints at growth between John and Aaron, because you notice once John meets with Aaron, he he doesn't take the route. Mm-hmm. And then through the rest of the episode, I don't think he takes it. No. And also, Ben Braddle was still playing John as subtly, like, distant while he was still taking the route for the first like half of the episode yeah and then afterwards it's 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 like i said it's very subtle but he kind of goes back to more what we're used to from john i just found the exact question i will ask ben browder if i ever meet him if he was deliberately doing that or not because i really I, hope so i can't i can't put my finger on if that if yeah, we're reading too much into it or not i know so I'd, I... I'd love to know if he did <laughs> so but th- those bits are there but they are um they're in the background they're not to the forefront mm. so we don't get a huge amount of character development and we see dargo being a captain but you know it's there's not a whole lot of growth and change in this episode from a character point of view it's mostly uh, reinforcing things that we know there's yeah. a few little hints but what i mean is that that doesn't give it there's not as much weight to that, so mm. I don't put it higher up because no, of that. No, I'll, I'll go with you on the three. So like we'll that. say three. Good three. Good three. Good three. And the acknowledgement of, you know, trying to do something different with the narrative structure in the mm-hmm. first half of the episode. Yeah. Like, I, you know, respect them for, for trying something. It, it kind of worked and it kind of didn't. It wasn't a complete failure. Maybe could have been done better, you know. I think that's, you know what, describing it that way, I think a three makes perfect sense. Yeah, so, you're right. All right. Yeah, you know, that's that's not bad. So let's see what's up next week, if I can read the uh, episode title correctly. <laughs> okay, next week is uh, episode 10, Coup by Clam. There's a lot of ways you can read into that. <laughs> so uh, Moya is in need of expert repair. So the crew stops at an isolated settlement in tormented space and submit to a routine examination for space madness. But they find themselves the victims of an extortion plot. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. And I won't get there's, there's a bit more detail, but I'll just say the phrase that toxic quantum clams. Uh, appear in the episode you have my attention there you go just the phrase toxic quantum clam that's certainly a, a series of words put together yes we'll it see is. what that's all about next week so yeah we'll be back then for uh, episode 10 but yeah we hope you enjoyed this episode this was an interesting one to talk about mm. you know yeah especially the, the first half you know why this that kind of thing did or didn't work so yeah we'll be back like i said next week but until then you can find us around the web on twitter at Hats red at red nightmare seven don't forget go to carnivorehats.co.uk for previous episodes links to rss feeds and itunes and if you find us on itunes maybe consider giving us a review which helps us out yep and all supported by the can't wear hats patreon patreon.com forward slash can't wear hats if you want to support this podcast and my other projects anyway that's it from us this week we will see you soon Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Oh, okay, Red, we need to think of a stinger for this week's episode. A stinger? Oh, I got a box full of stingers right here. No, no, that's bees! No, not the bees! Nope. Ah, ah, box. No. Okay, I'll get the bee chainsaw. Why do you have that? Aggressive pollination. I don't think that's how that works. Oh, you bet it does. I'm a biologist, I know these things. Ah.